Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam. And it was his turn to pick the film this week. And he went with Scenes of a Sexual Nature from 2006. So let's get to it. Well then, Josh, is things going to get a bit naughty? Are things going to get a bit sexy? Because you picked Scenes of a Sexual Nature from 2006. So spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen that. So Josh, do tell us, what is the film about? Or do you dare? And why did you pick it? (laughs) Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Have you ever seen any any scenes of a sexual nature? Oh, oh, I dare You square. (laughs) (laughs) But you haven't. You square. Uh, yeah, but you haven't. Uh, anyway, uh, Scenes of a Sexual Nature is a film from 2006. If you haven't seen it, it's essentially a series of vignettes set on one day, a summery day on Hampstead Heath in London, and it's got an all-star cast. And that's it, basically. It's just little scenes where they're all talking about relationships and love and sex and, and existentialism and all sorts. So that's what it's about. It's sort of about nothing and about everything, depending on so how you look at it. It is, isn't it? About nothing, but um, about something, isn't it? Why, why did I pick it? Well, uh, the title. Yeah. And, no, yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, the, I picked it because um, I we hadn't done an underseen one for a while. The last few mm. films we've done have been pretty widely seen. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I picked it because... It's underseen because I, I had a little look at the box office and this this did not do well, which when uh-huh. you then contrast that against who is in it, yes, it's pretty mad really because this mm-hmm. has got, I mean, it's got loads of people in it. And they don't get me wrong, there's a lot of, which we'll come on to, there's a lot of people in it that weren't that big at the time who are now yeah, big. But, but there's now, still, big deal, yeah. there are still people in it who would have been relatively big at the time, such as Hugh McGregor. I mean, let's, you know, Hugh McGregor's off the back of Star Wars Episode 3 at this point, so... You oh, really? Was well, it? Yeah. yeah, uh, Re- yeah. Revenge of the Sith is 2005. This is 2006. You don't get ah. much bigger than Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's why I picked it because it's underseen. Uh, I also then had a little look at the critical reception. I think it's probably a little bit underrated as well. Oh, but the go, main reason, yeah, the main reason is that it's underseen and we haven't done an underseen one in a little while. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Very good. So, Alice. Now, we know you've not seen Scenes of a Sexual Nature before, but had you seen the film? That's the last one. That's the last one. So, Can't stretch that sure? out you anymore. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard with oh, a title like that. Oh, 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 o
so no, I don't think that I'd seen it right. When you said the title, I was like, that doesn't sound familiar at all. And then I sat down to watch it and it felt so familiar. Something about it felt really Some familiar. Some dream but I, or something. It was so weird, but I've got no memory. Like, I can't really remember seeing it, but I kind of think maybe I you must like have done. To... But if I have, I don't remember it at all sort of thing. And like, yeah, the scenes felt familiar. Tom Hardy with his 2000s haircut felt really familiar. But no, I so I, I, I don't, I'll go with... Or no, I reckon I had seen it, but I just forgotten. You don't every recall thing it. about it. You don't, don't recall, recall it whatsoever. It, yeah. No. Um, okay, so so what did you think? So I mean, I I liked it. You know, I mm. did like oh, it quite good. a bit. I do. I admire this sort of genre, right, and this style of filmmaking because it's so stripped back. Like it's not big. It's not exciting. There's nowhere to hide, right? So your script and your story and your performances have got to be strong. And I do believe that in this film, for the most part, that they are. So it's almost like a bit of a sketch show, isn't it? So we drop mm. in and out of these people's lives over the course of a day to catch up on what they're up to. Some of their narratives collide and some of them don't, but it melds everything together quite nicely. Each segment or each narrative is like expressing different emotions and requires you as a viewer to engage in a different way every time. So it's like you've got to be prepared for the mood and the atmosphere to change at the drop of a hat. And there's a real risk, I think, with this sort of technique that that would just leave you feeling disconnected from everyone. But I don't think it did. And I really enjoyed the experience overall. Good. It's like it's like yeah. It's like you say. There is no. It's a really good way of putting it. There's nowhere to hide. That the, all the heavy lifting in this film, the entire weight of the film and the success of the film, is on the script and the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, let's talk about the cast. So oh, that's, go on, that's, then. that's 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 one. Of, that's my you know that's my first bit in the likes. I mean, first of all, what a cast. I mean, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the film. It's you've you've got quite a who's who of British talent yeah, in go there. On, list got, them off. List so them off. George. Some of the ones I've got written down, but not all of them are Adrian Lester, Andrew Lincoln, Ewan McGregor, Mark Strong, Tom Hardy, Catherine Tate, Dame Eileen Atkins, Gina McKee, Hugh Bonneville. Uh, there's other ones as well that I can't I can't I can't think off off the top of my head. But it's a big old cast. That it is. It's, it it's, is. It's a big old cast, and not only is it a good cast, but I think they're all really good in this. So mm-hmm. there's a touch of this where it feels like a play. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I wrote, yeah. I wrote that down, Josh. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, every, yep, yep. every scene, more or less every scene, like you say, the characters do interweave, but they don't really meet. They might cross no. over in terms of they walk past each other or yeah, they see each other. Yeah, physically cross paths. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or one character is walking into the scene over the next, mm-hmm. but they don't interact. So apart from one scene where it's a couple and their daughter... Um, I think every scene is a two-header. So mm-hmm. every scene is is two actors having a conversation, more mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. And yes, that sounds... So yes. because of that setup, even more so, you are entirely relying on the performances of the actors and the chemistry between the actors. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. people in it who you, you genuinely think, oh, yeah, yeah they, may, they might be a couple. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think anyone in the film is a couple, but do you know what I mean. So, so there's that, and I think that, so. Obviously, we'll come on to the script in a minute. The script's brilliant as well. But yeah, you got some actors in there, some massive actors doing some really low key, sort of stripped back, yeah. naturalistic performances. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really see many films with someone like Tom Hardy doing a performance like this. Like you, yeah. you think of him as giving quite big performances. There are other films where he's done low key performances, but he's more known for things like Bronson or or uh, Legend or, or or stuff like that. So you've got that, you've got 
I just think, yeah, I think I think the chemistry between the characters, really good, diverse cast as well in terms mm -hmm. of and in terms of everything, really. So, so yeah, the cast I think is key to this. That's why I watched it. So when I yeah. when I watched this, I've talked about this before. Is when I was going for a period of like really getting into certain actors' filmographies. Ah, yes. And I think this was one when I was like really getting into Tom Hardy's filmography. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing this and seeing that probably around the time because it's only this is the year before Stuart Life Backwards. Is it? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it probably was, it could have been made around the same time. But anyway, it's around that time, isn't it? So Tom Arnie's relatively unknown, with mm -hmm. the exception to Star Trek, but then he dropped off the radar for a little bit for reasons that Star Trek hang on whoa 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 back, let's go back a so, bit Tom Hardy in Star Trek the, yeah so Tom Hardy's in Star Trek Nemesis he plays a clone of Picard what is that so, hang on sorry is that a film or a TV show it's a TV uh, a film is it Star plays, Trek Nemesis Tom Hardy's in that he plays oh, a clone that, of Picard I've, not, I've, I've never seen it I just know that that was his big oh. break yeah. Oh, oh wow! I'm okay. I you've got me hooked now. I've got to go away and watch that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I've never, no I'm not idea. A, I'm not a Star Trek guy. I'm not a, I'm not not a, a nerd. Is I'm that what they call you? Not a Trekkie. Yeah, I'm not a nerd like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. I don't. I'm not really. I just. I, um, if Tom Hardy's inside, I'll watch he's, it. He's, you know yeah, I mean? he's a, plays a clone of Patrick Stewart's Picard in, in that. Interesting. Um, so yeah, you've got a lot of actors giving really low key performances. Even someone like so Catherine Tate's in this, and she's obviously mainly known for sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. And in this, she just plays a really stripped back loader. They all feel like, and I'll come onto this in the script as well. But one of the performances, I one of the reasons I think the performances are good in this is because I think they all feel like real people. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's mm -hmm. one or two which we'll come on to, but I think most of the cast feel like they're talking about real world issues. They are real people and they're having real conversations. But uh, what did you think about the cast? Any highlights? Yeah, well, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, some of the performances really were just excellent. So I knew Tom Hardy was going to be in it because he's on the thumbnail. So that was, you know, immediately I was like, okay, great. Ten points for you, Josh. Good start. Um, and then I just started beaming uh, when the opening credits mentioned Mark Strong. Mm. But then the real standout for me is Andrew Lincoln, right, who plays yeah. Jamie. So Jamie's in the park with his wife, who then notices that he's been staring a little bit too long at a young woman who's sunbathing not too far from them. And then obviously relationship drama ensues, right? But he is just such a convincing actor. Mm. So I haven't actually seen him in that much because I don't watch The Walking Dead. But what I have seen of him, I think he has been brilliant. And during their interactions, and for many of the others as well, the film just really lets you hang in the silence mm. and hang in the awkwardness of the moment. And it's hard to get that right, I think, without it feeling like the film has either lost pace or that the delivery is just slow. But I think it just absolutely nails it. And mm. those actors and those characters just bring that to life really well. But yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of like toe curling moments in this. And it? Yeah. Like some of it is just like proper awkward, but it like enjoyable, like you can't look away sort of thing. That, yeah, that opening scene. So that opening scene is probably one of the, probably the funnier scene in it, isn't it? Because it's very awkward comedy. Whereas it plays around with genre a lot. This It doesn't really have a genre. You'd probably say it's a, Romance, drama, comedy. If it's if it's anything, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a sci-fi, but you know, it's it's not a it's, it's, it's not, it's not, a not horror, an uh, But it is. It's got a few things in there. But yeah, that opening scene where he's he's essentially staring at a girl who's sunbathing, um, bit too long, and and yeah. his wife spots him and he tries to sort of. Uh, play it off like he was looking at the book that she was reading yeah, so his wife goes to speak to the yeah, girl because yeah. she asks him what the book's about she's like what's the book about and it's completely different to what he says and it's just a mm -hmm. really awkward scene but at the same time really it's awkward. not you could see it sort of happening oh yeah totally yeah yeah so so what else did you like about it 
so I mean it's just so British isn't it like the oh, yeah. whole thing just feels like it's it's so British it's by British people for British people like the language the location the mannerisms of the characters even the costume which just it just feels like everyone just turned up in what they were wearing and then that was it like everyone's like come in your own clothes don't worry too yeah. much about it <laughs> there, there wasn't a costume budget was there it was just like just wear what yeah. you wear to the park and I love all that and I just kind of I don't know, you just kind of really felt it, like, oh, dad in Amsterdam and all this and the accents <laughs> and all that. And I was just like, yeah, it's just, it's 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 almost like it's a genre in its own right, isn't it? Like that sort it is, of thing. It is, it is, like you say, it's like they've gone, just show up and set, uh, whatever, yeah, you, whatever you'd wear to the park, <laughs> but uh, don't wear anything too expensive because you're playing a normal person. Yeah, so. yeah. So all all that kind of together, the the kind of the feel of it, I guess, and like the way that it's all constructed. And um, the other thing as well that I really liked was the music, right? Mm. And so the music doesn't match the mood or the feel of the film, I didn't think at all, but I still really enjoyed it. So at times it kind of felt like this, it was like a playful sort of curious Disney-esque score that I just mm. wasn't expecting at all, but it kind of made some of the scenes feel really fun and heightened the emotions in others. Did you notice the music? Yeah, like, so it's, it's, very, really it's very stripped back, a lot of just, it's almost like I feel like it's been done by one person on a piano. Yeah, yeah, like, quite, it's quite, it's quite Yeah, like you say, it's not in a lot of films the music sets the tone for the scene. So if it's sad, the music is melancholic sounding. And if it's happy, it's happy sounding. Whereas in this, it's just a constant and yeah. it's behind the action. And I think it's that's not a mistake. It's definitely done on purpose. And I think it, you know, I like the music in this. I think, I think you, you know, on one hand, some person, someone might say it's a little distracting, a little, little irritating, but I, I didn't get that. I thought it quite, it added quite a bit to the, to the film. Yeah, same. To that, and even to that British it... feeling. Yeah, and even though it just felt like it didn't really kind of match what I was looking at, it's it still worked. And that's, mm. I mean, that's a real skill, right? Like, it could have gone so badly the other way. We know how mm. sensitive I am to the music and the score in uh, films. Um, what else from you, Josh? What else? Or, or actually, I've got a question. Oh, God. Was, did you notice anything about it this time around that maybe you didn't, the you know, the first few times that you'd seen it, like watching it with this more critical eye? Anything that you perhaps appreciated uh, in a different light? Not so, not anything positive. Oh, so oh, interesting. Come, oh, we'll come, we'll come to, to the dislikes. Yeah. yeah, not not really. I've seen this a couple of times, but not really. Yeah, I still yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Still very, very much enjoyed it. My feelings mm -hmm. on it haven't really changed. But then, from a critical sense, we'll get we'll get onto that. But no, there's nothing real. I suppose how. <laughs> how skinny Tom Hardy is in it I know yeah interesting that <laughs> before scene, he like really that. Hit, oh, before he hit the yeah. gym got the gym before he discovered them dumbbells lad yeah 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 but no I um, mean obviously you hadn't we don't you don't recall it so I can't ask the same question of you but in terms of what else from me I think that the other big star of this is the script so mm -hmm. it goes hand in hand with the performances of the actors without great actors the script wouldn't come to life without a great script the actors couldn't have anything to work with so I think those two are working together really well, almost symbiotically in 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 that sense. So I think there's a lot of great ideas in the in the script, from little ideas mm. to big ideas. So you've got things like love, sex, sadness, loss, loss, death, existentialism, food, commitment, all the emotions, div man, divorce. All the like emotions. it, it covers. So there's some really little because it's all little sort of. 10 minute scenes as well i don't think you feel the length of it really mm -hmm. so there's like things mm -hmm. in it like there's a couple who um they're actually there at the park to sign divorce papers or give each other their divorce papers but they seem to still want to be together but they know they shouldn't be together and things like that or there's um a, a conversation to two gay characters about sort of monogamy and how one 
is bothered about it and one isn't and stuff yeah. like that. Well, and those those two as well, they go on such a journey, don't they? Because yeah. basically by the end of it, they decided that they want to adopt a child or, yeah, or like become, have a surrogate it, it, for a child. And yeah, stuff. They, and they essentially like they want to become monogamous and have a child. They go from like open relationships to yeah, just chilling, yeah. monogamy and, and, and having a child. Yeah, within and they, they seem to sort of just, their, their relationship and their kind of emotional journey just seems to travel like a million miles sort of within yeah. the short time that they're on screen. But yeah, yeah I thought, thought that was interesting and I did really like that as well the, the just like the turning points isn't it and I think you get a lot of that in the scenes where you think it's going to be about one thing and then it changes and then it mm. becomes about something else like the one with Tom like the one with Tom Hardy that's what isn't it where they're about to have sex and stuff she and all that him. like it's so weird <laughs> she'll eat, she'll eat, she leaves him with it with the yeah, old high chap and out dry. um there's that yeah but the, yeah there's a lot of reveals in this there's a lot of um you you pick up sort of in the middle of a conversation, so none of them are at the really at the start of a conversation. A lot of them pick up in the middle of a conversation, so you get characters and you think that they're one thing and they're mm. actually another. So there's a couple, Mark Strong and I think it's Polly Walker's character. Um, you think that they're just meeting in the park because they're a couple, and then as it goes along, spoilers if you've not seen it, she's an escort, mm. and she's he's actually just paying her. He's not even paying her for anything other than her company. Mm. And that's an interesting one as well because when because he's speaking on the phone and like at the very beginning of the scene and he does say something like oh how long have I got you for so then when she turns up you think oh yeah she's you know being paid to be here sort of thing mm. but then as their conversation goes on you know they seem very familiar and very mm. tender and they have some really nice moments so then I started thinking like oh maybe they're just a, a married couple doing a role play or, or something a, or on a lunch break or something or, or, like yeah, that or yeah or doing something like that and then obviously at the end he he pays her so then it's like it comes back around so again mm. interesting it takes you on a bit of a journey and you know your mind changes about things sort of as the scenes go but yeah I feel like a lot of a lot of work's gone into that script doesn't it to oh, make definitely. sure that it all flows and that it, it makes the audience kind of feel a certain way mm, and stuff mm. yeah and then the other side of it is it's quite you know it does it, ta it tackles some heavy topics but it does so quite a light way like it's quite mm. light-hearted it's quite witty it's quite funny I'd say to be honest I think it's pretty feel good I, I definitely think you could mm. You know, depending on what you on what you want from a film, you could definitely pop this on for a fairly bit of light entertainment if you wanted. But mm -hmm. equally, you could put it on and and make something of it and 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 try and get what you want out of what the characters are saying and that sort of stuff. So I think it's quite feel good. the The dialogue is good as well. So obviously, mm -hmm. I know a script and and is is dialogue and other things as well. But I don't think it should be unsaid in this in this episode that the dialogue in this is is really naturalistic. It's written mm -hmm. like people talk and and and. It feels like, for the most part, there are a few bits where it strays, strays and stuff. But for the most part, I think that these feel like real people having real conversations, and that's really difficult to get right. Yeah. Like, how many films and TV shows have you seen where you're like, that is not how a conversation happens? Yes, exactly. And that's really off-putting as well. Like, that does really put you off, especially yeah. when you're going for something in this style. Like, you need to believe that these people are real because that's where the emotional stakes come from. Like, because you haven't got the CGI and the explosions mm. and the big action moments to hide behind. But it just, it does it really well. It's it's It knows what it's going for. It's clear what it wants to be. And it executes it brilliantly. Mm. I feel like this film is like someone picked up Love Actually and put it in the real world. 
Yeah, so I did think, I did sort of see the similarities for sure to to love actually in the way that we bounce around from character to character mm. and that, that sort of authentic Britishy feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit more real these characters, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, if a character's running through an airport in this version to catch up with a girl, getting tased. Getting tased, falling yeah. over, he's smashing not, their teeth. Not yeah, catching yeah. Them. He's not catching them. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting a taser, mate. 
you might watch this film and think it's a bit pointless or a bit twee okay. or mm-hmm. a bit like, what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the, it's just nothing. I don't yeah. feel like that way, but I can certainly see you how you might think. Like, there's no yeah. real, there's no narrative because it's all about the characters' inter- interpersonal relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot to sort of grab you in yeah. unless you really want to see good performances and a good script, which is what I like, but not everyone does. Some people want action. Some people want, you know, all sorts. Yeah, um, a bit like Eagle versus Shark. If you're not like into Eagle this sort Shark, of thing, yeah. then it's, it's, it's it might be difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I could say that. There's, there's definitely some elements where the script's probably not aged that well in the last 15, 16 years. Okay, go on, years. tell me. Is it, is it the bit where they talk about footballers earning 50 grand a week? Yeah, yeah because that's yeah. a bit of fucking that, outdated. Because that's, like that, that's like what a second-rate <laughs> footballer earns I know, now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, it's... um. So, for example, Tom Hardy's character is a little bit of a creep. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's trying to cheer up Sophie Okonedo's character at one point. She's clearly upset. because She's clearly upset in it, and he won't leave her alone. And, you, and mm-hmm. it's not because he's trying to cheer up because he's a nice guy. He's trying to he's trying to get into her pants. Yeah, he's uh, a bit gross. But she does tell him where to go. She does, and, and leaves him there and, with his ass hanging yeah, out. Yeah, and, and, and pretty much every character he talks to tells him where to go. Yes. When, when he talks yes. to him. So I guess, you know, maybe that's something of nothing. He's not he's not our hero of the story. So no. I think you can sort of maybe let it slide fact, a is, little he bit. He is the only character who interacts with other characters, really, isn't he? He moves um, around, doesn't he? Moves he around moves a sort of bit, around the scenes, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's some elements, I'd say, that are a little bit too much like a play. So it's a little okay. bit it's a little yeah. bit static in places in terms of mm-hmm. the way it's been directed. And I do think there's probably some elements to the dialogue where some people feel like real people and real stories and some people don't mm-hmm. but the so for example there's a there's an old couple in it and mm. it, their storyline to me feels a little bit far-fetched okay yeah but yeah it's because uh, their their best bits are when they're just chatting like normal and then when it gets to the end and then it's like oh yeah i met a boy by this bench or whatever and he's like oh i was that boy sort of thing like yeah that was a bit yeah, it's basically... It went a little they, bit cheesy, it's, didn't it? It's, it's, yeah, so it's a bit cheesy in that. It's essentially that they met when they were kids and then both went off and met other people. Mm. And then the other person in the relationship passed away. So now they go back to the bench for comfort. Mm. And he, she goes every Wednesday and he goes every Thursday and he gets his day wrong. So they meet and realise that they were sort of young love back 50 years ago or whatever. But it's not... I'm sure there's probably, def, there's probably you know, lifestyle pieces that cover that very sort of thing happening. <laughs> but it felt a bit out of place with the rest of the plot when they're talking about, you know, divorce and commitment mm. and whether to adopt and all this sort of thing. So there's a little bit element of that. But... Other than that, to be honest, I was stretching to find stuff that I didn't Wait, like yeah. because you love it's, it. You it's, love it's, it. It's short. It's you know, it is twee, but short I quite like sweet, that. Um, I don't, you know, unless you particularly didn't like any of the actors, I don't think anyone gives a bad performance in it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Is there anything you really didn't like? So I mean, nothing too offensive to be honest. Just a few things I picked up on. So fucking Tom Hardy is chewing gum pretty much every <laughs> moment that he's on screen, and I know I've said it before. It's like dead fish and people chewing gum is just ah, oh, I could just do without it. Please just remove that from the scene. You've made it worse for me. Um, another thing was that uh, so there's a moment near the beginning where Sophie, who is the character that 
Andrew Lincoln's character is sort of yes. leering at in the park. So there's a moment where she's looking at Jamie and as she does this, she's looking directly into the camera and I didn't really like this. It sort of felt a bit distracting and a bit out of Ooh. place and just didn't really feel in keeping with the film. Like I just really noticed it because she was looking just dead into the camera instead of just at the character and I was like, that's a bit of a weird choice where yeah, when you compare it to the rest of the film. She's a strange character as well, isn't she? Because she... She catches him looking at her pants because she's she, she's either sunbathing or she's lying back and her dress is ridden up so you can see mm-hmm. her pants. And then she sort of is like teasing him, saying, do you want to see again? And then yeah. later on, Tom Hardy's character tries to chat her up and she's dead aggressive to him. Mm. It felt like they were trying to do something with her character like she was some sort of presence rather than a character. Like she mm-hmm. was a disruptor, do you know what I mean? Like, or like she was there to... Do you know what I mean? Like she almost ethereal, like she wasn't real, like she was there to be to be a distraction. Yeah, interesting. But it didn't, but it didn't come through and it and it and it felt, like you say, a bit out of place. It just it was just when for me, it was just when she looked directly into the camera mm. that just felt a bit odd and just kind of didn't feel in keeping with everything else. Um so I didn't really rate Catherine Tate's performance. So uh, she plays a woman called it's either Sarah or Sarah. Mm. And then her storyline, like you said, is that her and her husband are going through this divorce, but like really amicably and really mature. Um, and they do seem to still like each other, but then maybe not love each other. Like, like no just... one has ever divorced before. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just, I kind of just found them to be the least convincing couple and uh, the least enjoyable to watch, which I thought was a shame because I really like the storyline mm. and I really like what the, their characters are going through. The Ideas but there, there was just it? yeah definitely but it, there was just something missing for me from them i don't know if it was the chemistry or just how they delivered their lines or what almost like almost like it felt a bit rushed yeah we almost were like watching it was that like... we were watching that bit and, I, and my i was watching it with my other half and i said i feel like this scene's a little bit bollocks because they what they essentially say is there's she can't see why they're not right for each other and she mm. reels off all these things that she loves about him and then even at the end says i love you but we're better off divorced. But I think we probably needed to see more of, well, from all intents and purposes, I can just see that you're happy. Mm. So if I get if you're amicably, amicably divorcing, that's fine. But you've not, they've not backed it up with anything like, but we just can't get along when we live under the same roof or mm. we, we can't stay faithfully to each other or, you know, something like that. And I think, yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you there. It's a little inconsistent. Oh, it was just, it was, I just think they were possibly the weakest actors in there and, and just kind of didn't buy into what was going on in those scenes mm. um, as much as I did for the others. Um, and then the final thing is that I think, and this isn't something that I disliked or that I would change, but just a note, um, just something that I was thinking about is that I think this film is better in hindsight, right? And is probably better now than it was when it came out, if that makes mm. sense. So because of who's in it. So, you know, we're looking back at this thinking like, whoa, Tom Hardy, Ewan McGregor, Mark Strong and Andrew Lincoln and all like these massive actors, Hollywood, like global superstars now. Um, so then it sort of seems like fascinating and endearing and enjoyable to watch them back then in 2006, you know. Mm. But when the film came out, how much would anyone have cared? Mm. Like, who was Andrew Lincoln? Who was Tom Hardy? Like, these people weren't really anyone. Um, I had no idea who Tom Hardy was at the time, so I don't know if my attention would have been as grabbed as it is now, because obviously I really rate him. I like watching things that he's in. I will watch something just because he's in it sort of thing. And then the other point just to lead off that is because now we're so saturated with, you know, big budget, CGI, superhero, science, 
fiction, fantasy, all this stuff going on. So watching something like this now feels like a real breath of fresh air. Mm. But at the time, I wonder if maybe it just felt a bit unremarkable mm. and like, why would this stand out? So it's almost like it's aged like a fine wine due mm. to the circumstances of the industry and the way that we consume media. Yeah. If that makes that's, any no, sense. No, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. Like the trajectory of the actors has carried this... As the trajectory of the success of the film has just followed the trajectory of the actors and and they've taken it with them almost. So now it seems better than maybe it did at the time. So yeah. I think that's a really good point. And it's it's just a weird, it's 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 just kind of a weird feeling to have when you're watching it. But then I was like trying to transport, like, because if you don't know these actors, if you don't know who they are, I don't know if it is as interesting and if it mm. is as exciting. But seeing, like, same when we watched Stuart Life Backwards and you've got, like, um, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy so early in their careers, there is something fascinating about that. It's something so fascinating about watching these, especially British ones as well. And now they've literally, like, taken Hollywood and people in America and, like, all over the world think they're amazing too. And it's like, yeah, but look, look when they lived down in, like, fucking Camden or Croydon or whatever and then they were just doing these it's, little indies and when, stuff. When you, when you see these these little films as well it's like seeing a support act who goes on to be big yes it is it's exactly like, like it's that. like oh, i saw um, like i saw them supporting yeah someone i else. saw arctic so, monkeys way back when yeah, you know? yeah yeah fucking keen or someone and it's yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah and they were now they're massive so it's that sort of feeling isn't it So we'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So I have avoided it, so I can throw a few guesses your way, Josh. Let's hear did, it. Let's hear it. You said you reckon it is a bit underrated as uh, well. You yeah. primarily chose it because it was underseen, but that after looking, you think it's a bit underrated. Mm. Now, for me, my initial thoughts was that the critics probably really like this. I feel like this is something the critics would like. Maybe the audience is not as much, right? So... If you think it's underrated, I reckon you think this is probably at least a seven and maybe yeah. like a low, into the low seven. So if you think it's underrated, I reckon I reckon it probably got a low six, maybe in general, maybe a little bit higher from the critics. Mm. But I reckon IMDb-wise and the audience probably give it a low six. I would... I'd probably give it a seven, you know, because mm. I did, I really enjoyed it. And I think mm. I had a smile on my face, like, all the way yeah. through. Like, as soon as I see, because it starts op opening credits, it names all the actors, and you just think, oh, awesome. And then you watch it, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is so cute and so cool. So, yeah, I, I reckon, I'd have given it a seven. I reckon it probably got more like a low six. I'll say 6.1. Go for okay. the, one of the okay. lowest six, of the sixes. You, you reckon six. Okay, you're right. That's probably about what I would give it. I do think yeah. it's, I do think it's uh, just a lovely little film. Yes. Um, at the time of recording on IMDb, on. it gets bang on six out of ten. Ah, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it fifty percent. Oh, oh, oh! The audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it forty-nine percent. Oh, oh! So that averages out at fifty-three percent for all three scores. So I would say uh, that's pretty underrated for me. That is underrated. I am. I am really surprised by the critics. Mm. You know, I thought they'd fucking love this sort I, of shit. Well, I just want to draw your attention <laughs> to one critic's uh, review because I wanted to oh, know God. what didn't they like about it. So this is what yes, someone said. I don't, I'm not going to name them mainly because I didn't write the name down. So here's what you said. <laughs> Mildly amusing, mostly tedious British drama that completely fails to live up to its provocative title. Huh? Right, mate. Right, so you right. E wanted to see people getting Paul, it on. This Paul, is, this is exactly like Eagle versus Shark, man. I was ready to see the Eagles <laughs> fighting the Sharks. So he went into that and thought, I'm watching a film called Scenes of a Sexual Nature. Oi, oi. 
I'm going in. Here we go. What a shagging, right? Yeah, but then and then Has when it wasn't that, he was actually like, well, never heard of subtlety, and also that he was disappointed by that, and yeah. then couldn't see the value in it because of that, which is stupid. Because I is, still liked Eagle versus Shark, even though there was yeah. no eagles fighting any fucking. There shark. is an endless supply of scenes of a sexual nature oh, on the so internet. Oh, so many, mate. my man. Have Just you have heard of the internet? Have a little click about, <laughs> mate. It's unavoidable. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't trust me. I've never watched it. I don't, never. Need, don't need to. You caught me a square. Yeah. Fucking hell. You <laughs> fucking rectangle. But anyway, in terms of it being underseen, obviously I picked it because it's oh, underseen. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, so the box, box office, office worldwide, mm. according to Box Office Mojo, it grossed less than $500,000. Uh, $500, Ooh, yeah. So considering who was in it. Yes. That's nothing. No, that's 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 right. Do you know? Do you know what the budget was? Uh, about oh, half of that. So granted, it it, it so grossed it, it, it grossed its budget. Made back its budget, so that's but good. You think, you think a film like this, a, a, even if it didn't take the roof off, you think it'd hit more than half a million. With with you McGregor in it, and I think, like yeah. you said, being the, released at the time that it was, you would think yeah. that that would be a bit of a draw. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I reckon definitely underrated and underseen. Is that what we're saying then? Underseen, I'm underrated, with, underseen. Yeah, throw yeah. it in double whammy. Throw there it in we, both the vaults. There we go. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Another one in the bag, both underseen and underrated. Give it a watch. I think we both liked it. I think you might like it as well if you're into your films, your mm -hmm. little slice of life films like it's I like am. It's a bit different. You're getting yeah. a bit fed a up with all the Marvel, yeah. all the DC. Put this on. Enjoy yourself. A little bit. Fine acting, fine writing. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Just give it a watch. Anyway, next week it is Alice's turn to pick. Alice, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. are we watching? So... We are going to pick the film that is, it's the first film named on my list. So when we started doing the podcast and wow. I started putting my list together, it's the very first one and it's finally going to happen. Okay. I'm not sure whether to do this one or the one that came after it, but this is what I'm going to pick. So Josh, listeners, for next week, we're going to be watching Superman 2. Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know I like my sequels. You like a sequel. <laughs> um, okay, well, join us next week when we're going to be watching Superman 2, original cut or Donna cut. The 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 what the who cut? Well, see, you got to, you got to know these things. Before oh, you sorry, I've got to be specific. Got to be specific. I'll have a look. I'll Google it. <laughs> it but probably just the original cut? one. Probably, yeah, probably just, just the original. Whatever, one. whatever you. you know, they put on like ITV at night of, <laughs> in nineteen ninety seven. Whatever, I've got them in VHS. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yes, join, join us next week for what one version of Superman two or another. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's films in that part at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias: Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Search for just films in that and you will find us we love to hear from you do get in touch we're also on the television aren't we Alice we are indeed every Friday evening from 6pm you can find us on the local TV network talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films so if you live in Bristol Birmingham Leeds Liverpool or the northeast of England you can find us on channel 7 on Freeview or if you live in North Wales or South Wales you can find us on channel 8 on Freeview or if you live anywhere in the UK and you have Sky you can find us on channel 18 Eight, eight. That is every Friday from 6pm. Yes, lots of ways to get in touch with us, hear us and see us. And thank you as ever for listening and for your continued support. It really does mean a lot. Um, it's goodbye from me. See you next week. Cheerio. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.